This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hello and welcome to the Girl Fit Method podcast. I'm your host, Natasha Wakefield, and I am here to help you take charge of your health, get empowered, and ultimately become the best version of yourself. Let's go. angels and welcome back to the girl fit method podcast so today's episode is going to be a little juicy i am answering the questions from the anonymous question box i put up on instagram and i thought this would be like a really fun thing to do you guys can ask me whatever you want and i have no idea who you are and i've gotten some really great questions I've gotten some personal questions and also some relating to health and fitness. So I'm excited to get stuck into them. Um, I'm not going to be answering a listener question today because I am literally answering a ton of listener questions right now. So before we get stuck into it, I do just want to let you know that we've had some openings for our one-on-one coaching program. Now, what is our one-on-one coaching program? It's really phenomenal in that everything is tailored to you. So the most important thing when it comes to your health and fitness is that you have a plan that is tailored to you. If you think about it, if it was as easy as following a, I don't know, a plan that you found on Google, then we would all be achieving our goals. However, does that plan take into account your relationship with food, your metabolism, your hormonal health, whether you're experienced, whether you're not experienced with lifting weights, like a whole range of things. So we really go dive deep and create a plan that is specific to you. You then have the support of a coach. We have our incredibly highly qualified coaches who are absolutely phenomenal. Head coach Vanessa, we have coach Julie and we have coach Kat. We then have weekly group Zoom calls with myself. You have access to our metabolism and macros makeover course, which is absolutely incredible that goes over nutrition training mindset you then gain access to the girl fit method inner circle facebook group which is an incredible community of women that are really probably working towards the same goals you are so it's a really great supportive place lots of recommendations in there and you can build some really strong relationships so we've had a few openings for our one-on-one coaching now i'm going to pop the application link in the show notes but just keep in mind there is no obligation when you do complete that application form what it will do is gain a little bit more info about you you'll know about the cost of our coaching so it gives you a good idea and then you can actually book in a call to have a chat with us with our consult specialist Shelly if that is something you are wanting to do or you can send me a dm on instagram and i can have a little chat to you about whether we can potentially help you i would however suggest acting fast because we do usually have a wait list so we have a few spots available now which means we can get you in as soon as possible but they get gobbled up pretty quickly and then you'll have to be on a wait list which i know the majority of girls that want to work with us want to start asap so i'd highly recommend just filling out the application form you can see whether it's for you and then we can potentially book in a time to have a chat and have a little bit more of a conversation around your situation and how we can help you get out of the rut that you are in. Okay, let's get stuck into these juicy questions. Oh, and just so you know, I haven't prepped at all for this. I haven't even read the question. So we are doing this on the spot. I thought that would be more fun. Um, All right, first question. How old are you? I am 31 years old and I actually can't believe I'm 31. It actually does freak me out a little bit. I don't really want to get old because I don't want to die. I know that just turned very morbid, but it's weird. Like as I'm getting older, I'm like, my goodness, I've been alive for 30 years. If I just double that, I'll be 60. I honestly still feel like I'm 16. And so the fact that I'm 31 is insane. But can I just say 
My 30s so far have been phenomenal, way better than your 20s in my opinion. You feel so much more confident, you feel more established and you just don't really care as much. My 20s were hard, it was hard work and for the majority of my friends and girls that I do know that are in their 20s right now, they find it really difficult and I don't want you to think that like once you hit your 30s, life is over. I kind of feel like it just begins. So hope for any young ones out there Aging has been really good and I'm actually really looking forward to my 40s because I hear your 40s are great too. Okay, next question. Is BMI really a good indicator of health? All right, well, look, BMI is just a tool. So I get messages all the time about my calorie calculator. Girls will say, I used your calorie calculator and it told me to eat 1,200 calories or 1,300 calories. And the thing is, is all of these things are just computers. You put a number in and it spits out whether you're healthy, whether you're not healthy. And... (sighs) It can be a helpful guide. However, BMI doesn't take into account at all what your weight is made up of. So how much muscle do you have on you? And it's really common for bodybuilders that have a lot of muscle to be quote unquote obese or overweight on the BMI scale. And that's just because they weigh heavy because they have lots of muscle, but they're actually really quite healthy. So what you want to think about is like, obviously, if you know you're gaining and you've got a lot of body fat on you and you're moving into that overweight obese category, then obviously that's going to be detrimental to your health. However, you may just sit at a higher weight, but you're quite healthy. Your bloods are all normal. Then I really wouldn't worry too much about BMI. Next question, what should you do if you are currently in a calorie deficit and want to get pregnant soon but haven't reached your goal? Have you heard of the concept of using pregnancy as a bulk and what do you think about this? Okay, this is split into two questions. So the first question I will answer, which is what do you do if you're wanting to get pregnant, you're in a calorie deficit but you haven't achieved your goals? You can get pregnant in a calorie deficit. That's no worries whatsoever. But keep in mind you're probably not going to achieve your goals once you fall pregnant and you can't stay in a calorie deficit when you're pregnant. You need to be eating at maintenance in order to support you and your growing baby. It just is the way that it is to be able to produce breast milk. That's going to come from fat. And it can be a really challenging time pregnancy because a lot changes and you do lose control, right? So I think it's really important to go into that mindset. Now, bulking during a pregnancy No, that is absolute bull crap. I've actually never heard that because what you want to think about is during pregnancy, you're not really making progress. You're not really going to be focusing on building muscle. So when we talk about bulking, that's when we're eating in a slight surplus to be able to build muscle. When you're pregnant, your goal is just staying healthy and maintaining where you're at currently. So really when you're eating in pregnancy, it's to support you, it's to support your baby. Um, And really the focus around performance goes out the window for that period of time. And I know that can be really difficult, but um, it's just the way that it is. And it's a short period of your life. And it's actually a really, really incredible period of your life. I mean, you're growing a child. Next question. Am I from a Greek family? Well, yes, my mum is Greek Cypriot. So Cyprus um, is in the Mediterranean. It is made up of, well, it was made up of all Greeks, um, but it is now half Turkish. So you'll have Turkish Cypriots, the top half of um, Cyprus, and the bottom half is Greek Cypriot. So I'm a Greek Cypriot. Um, My dad's Aussie. Well, my dad supposedly is German Jewish descendant, 
the Welsey really on that side. I did have a lot to do with my um, Greek side of the family, my mum's side of the family. So it's a big part of my life. Um, growing up Greek, we are loud. We are in each other's business and faces. We're intense. As you can tell, I talk with a lot of passion and that is most certainly the Greek coming out of me. Can't help it. We are the typical Greek family. When you come over, we're all screaming at each other. We're not angry. We are just communicating and um, anyone that's coming to our family that are Australian or from a different culture are a little bit shocked and a little bit overwhelmed, but they get used to it over time. Um, don't tend to join in, but they know that we're not wanting to rip each other's heads off. We're just having a normal family discussion. Next question. How long should I be eating in a calorie surplus before I go into a calorie deficit? Great question. So when you're wanting to really focus on building muscle, really, you don't want to be going any less than six months being in a calorie surplus. And when we talk about a calorie surplus, I'm not talking about eating an additional thousand calories, literally like 300 calories, three to 500 calories in addition. Now, what we want to look at doing is at least six months, if you can, like a year, it is going to set you up for long-term success. You are building the body that you are wanting by doing that. And it can be uncomfortable, but listen, you shouldn't be gaining excessive amounts of fat. Like I would be saying like five kilos is really normal during a bulking period. And if you think about it, if you can just be holding five kilos of extra weight, but you're building the body that you want and you're setting yourself up for success, being able to diet down on a lot more calories, then it's so totally worth it. But it is uncomfortable. And I think every single female that goes through it feels uncomfortable. But we want to think about long-term success and setting yourself up for that long-term success and actually achieving the body goals that you're wanting. Next question, if I've been doing cardio and strength training, but just want to get to a point where I am strength training and I'm not overtraining with doing cardio, how do I or how much should I scale back my cardio routine to not gain weight? Okay, this is a great question. And I remember feeling this exact same way. I remember doing weights and cardio at the same time because I was terrified of reducing it, thinking that that would make me, you know, gain weight. Truth is, your workouts are really not burning jackal calories. In the scheme of things, we control our weight through our nutrition. So that is key. What I would suggest doing, purely because you're going to feel uncomfortable just cutting out cardio altogether, is scaling it back. So I would be scaling it back maybe one training session um, a week, as in like, let's just say you're doing five cardio sessions, scale it back to four for two weeks. And then after two weeks, scale it back to three. Stay there for three weeks and then scale it back. It'll feel more comfortable as you realize that your worst nightmare of gaining all of this weight actually won't occur. And in fact, because you're probably doing too much right now, you are going to find that you're going to progress so much more with lifting weights because you're not fatigued and your body has time to actually recover. So I would suggest doing it slowly. Um, you can just cut it out altogether if you're wanting to. But for most girls, in my experience, they feel a little bit uneasy doing that. And I would just be looking at scaling it back. If you want to still implement some cardio, you absolutely can. But you know, you've mentioned here, you think you're overtraining. You know what overtraining looks like. So, you know, one cardio session a week is, is fine, right? But we don't want to be having to feel like we need to do cardio as well as strength training because we need to burn those calories to earn the food that we eat or just to maintain our weight. Your body does not work that way. Next question. I'm nosy. Are you married? 
I get this question all the time. Am I single? Am I married? And I can understand why, because it looks like it's just me and Sunny all the time. I am, in fact, actually married and I am married to a really incredible human being. In fact, I think he's probably the best person I've ever met in my life. I highly respect him. I think he's incredible and he does a lot of behind the scenes stuff as in helping me run my business, helping me look after Sunny. Now, he doesn't appear because he hates social media and he hates cameras. He's actually quite, I wouldn't say he's shy, but he just hates social media. He's not on it at all. So trying to get the guy to show his face is quite difficult. And I'm always really mindful of the people around me and making them feel comfortable. Um, They haven't chosen to be as active on social media. So I am going to get him on the podcast. I think you guys would really love to meet him. Um, He's a very good person. When most people meet us, they like Max more than they like me. I always think that. It's always like, oh, you're Max's wife. No, I am Tash. He's a good person. I like him. He loves me. He's a fantastic dad. And I'd really love to introduce you um, to him. Let me know. Send me a DM. Let me know if you want me to do a like get to know us podcast episode um, and I'll get that organized. Next question. Where am I from? I am from Adelaide, South Australia. So if you look at Australia, I am down the bottom. South Australia is really beautiful. We are known for our wine. We have lots of wine regions. We also have great white sharks, which is absolutely terrifying. And you guys, I live near the ocean and there are shark spottings all the time in summer where I live. And there is no way on this planet I go any deeper than knee. It sounds really bad, but I don't even go up to my waist because I'm like actually so terrified. My number one fear is actually deep sea water. It freaks me out. Like being on a boat out in the sea is my idea of hell. There is no way you will get me on a cruise ship. It's just not my jam. I'm terrified of what is in deep sea water. I'm also terrified of being eaten by a shark because sharks do eat people when they come across them, especially great whites. They're absolutely massive. They're monsters. And I just think like, yes, this is your territory. I'm happy to cool down you know, up to my knees. And then there is no way I'm risking getting eaten by a shark. Um, Otherwise, I've just gone on a tangent. But yes, South Australia is beautiful. It's quite um, like we have dry heat here in summer. It gets kind of cold in, in winter, but, you know, compared to the rest of the world, it's not really that cold. Maybe like the coldest it gets is like 14 degrees during the day. Um, but it's really beautiful here. If any of you ever visit Adelaide, South Australia, make sure you hit me up and I will show you around. Next question. You look like a goddess with the curls. You guys are so sweet. I actually washed my hair last night. I had it curly uh, earlier this week. I'm recording this on a Wednesday and I just had to wash it and I straightened it today. Here's the thing. Managing curly hair is an absolute nightmare. And then my hair by like the second or third day, it gets matted and it just looks disgusting. And then I'm like, oh, I hate the feeling of dirty hair. So I washed it. It feels clean, but I agree. I think a bit of volume in my hair looks better because I'm quite a small person. I feel like I look like a rat with straight hair. (laughs) Oh, I think I look like a rat. You know, it kind of like drags my face down. Anyway, I'm rambling. I do like my hair curly and thank you so much for that. It's lovely, but it's just the upkeep and I just don't know whether I am totally on board with having to deal with curly hair, you know? Next question. How do you balance mum life and your business training? Lots of inspo. I'm assuming you're wanting inspiration maybe. Okay. 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 Let me be honest with you all. It is hard. 
All I can say is if you're wanting to start a business, try to do it before you have children because when you have kids, it's so hard. And the truth of this is that there are times that I feel like the world's worst mother because my energy and my attention is drawn away from Sunny. Sunny always comes first, but having a business is almost like having another baby. And the truth of the matter is, is there are times as a business owner where you need to sacrifice a lot. And I do. I sacrifice time with friends, like my social life suffers a lot sometimes. My mental health suffers. My my health in general suffers, like sleep, because to run a business, everything is on my shoulders. Like everything is. There's no one else that I can really I mean I've got incredible staff that are supportive and my coaches are just the best things ever but it's really the buck stops stops with me like I am the one that wears the pants and I need to do the work I just need to and that requires sacrifice in other areas of my life and that's something that I have chosen right I feel incredibly grateful to be in the position that I am right now like truly but it is hard and, and trying to juggle being a mum and being there for Sunny and sometimes feeling like I'm not as present as I should be, like actually tears my heart up. And I think what I've had to learn is that I always want to do it all and I actually just can't do it all. As a mum, I can't. Like I need to be there for Sunny. These things that I want to accomplish and these ambitions that I have with business may just need to take a back seat because right now he's still little and he still needs me, which is hard. It's very hard when you're an ambitious person and you can see these opportunities and you just want to take them and run with them. But you know, you kind of can't and you're torn. And it's not like I'd ever choose, you know, my business over my child. But when you become a mum, you don't just like completely, you know, lose who you are in that you don't have any other ambitions or things that you're wanting to achieve your priorities shift and you need to honor those priorities. So I would say like my biggest piece of advice is be kind to yourself, but also understand that you're not going to be able to do it all. And you kind of just need to take that expectation off that weight off of your shoulders, do your best, do what you can do. And just know it's not going to be like this forever. Like he'll be older. He'll be at school. He won't need me as much and I'll have more time free. And that's just the way that it is. And to all the mums out there, to all the working mums, I'm just sending you so much strength. Know you're incredible and it is freaking hard and I'm there with you. There are days I feel terrible and I'm sure there are days that you feel terrible, but that mum guilt gets us absolutely nowhere. We are doing the best for ourselves, for our family and for our children. Next question. Did I have an eating disorder earlier in my life? Yes, I have. And I've talked about this in several episodes. So I kind of had a diagnosis of anorexia And I would say maybe like that then turned into a bit of binge eating as well, which is very common. Um, I go through that in more detail in some of my other episodes, um, especially my mental health episodes. I'd suggest going back and listening to that. But yes, I dealt with that in my late teens. And then I probably really struggled with like just body image um, and self-love and self-acceptance for a really long period of time as well. What are my thoughts about gym memberships like Orange theory, fitness, etc. Okay. So I don't really have anything bad to say about them. I think the great thing about group training is the community aspect. So I also worked um, as a trainer for body fit, which is a group training environment. And some people thrive off of that. And I think when it comes to exercise, what's really important is you find something that you can be really consistent with. 
but that is going to be really different to what gives you the best results, right? So when we look at what is the best modality of training, you guys know lifting weights is going to give you the best bang for your buck, right? Now, when you're doing group fitness classes, yes, they might be using weights, but it's not actually proper resistance training in that you're not following a structured training program as well as implementing progressive overload all the time. And so you're probably going to plateau at some point. So I truly feel like this comes down to just what your goals are. Are you wanting to just be consistent? Do you love the relationships that you have created in your group training? Or are you like serious about achieving what you're really wanting to achieve in the way of your physique goals? Have you been doing group training for a long period of time and you're not seeing results anymore? Then you may need to shake things up. But overall, I don't have anything negative to say about it. It really comes down to your situation and what you're wanting to achieve. Next question, am I close to my parents? Yes, I am very close to my parents. Um, You know, I would say like I'm pretty blessed to have parents that have always been there for me, always loved me. My mom would literally do anything for me and I, I feel really blessed. I mean, she drives me mad sometimes, but I drive her mad as well, right? It's just normal. Um, I love my dad. He also drives me mad at sometimes, but I think the absolute freaking world of him. I love him so much. I love them both so much. I'm very thankful for everything they've sacrificed for me. You know, like any families, there's always issues, but ultimately they're my mum and dad and I would... I love them to death and would really do anything for them. And I know that they would always be there for me as well. Um, And I feel really blessed for that because I know a lot of people don't have that relationship. And I I always hope and I pray that I'll have that same relationship with Sonny that he'll know I will always, no matter what, always be there for him. Okay, this question. What was my last song I played on Spotify? Okay, I'm opening up Spotify now to see what the last song was. And oh, yes, <laughs> Beyonce Diva. So I just did legs today. I love that. I actually love her homecoming album. So that was the live recording she did at, um, oh, what's it called? You guys know exactly what I'm talking about right now. Um, it's the, oh, I've totally lost it. You know, the performance thing that she did. Anyway, anyway, you know what I'm talking about. It's called Homecoming. Um, I love the recording of Diva on that because she has like this section where she just has music and she does this awesome dance. And I just imagine myself doing the dance, like just killing it on stage with Beyonce. I can't really dance, but I just really wish I could. And I really wish I could dance with Beyonce. So um, yes, that is the last song that I had playing on Spotify. Next question. So I'm going to answer two more questions. Are my boobs real? Yes, my boobs are real. I have like a good my boobs are a good size for my frame. I think because I'm so small, it they look bigger. They're a good size. I mean, like when I put weight on, I, my boobs do get bigger, but they're a good size. They're not fake. Um, sometimes I've thought about getting fake boobs just for fun, but then I'm too scared of having that surgery and I don't really care enough. I kind of like my boobs. I think they're great. Not because they're spectacular, but they're my boobies, you know, and I'm happy with them at, at the moment. Um, no shade on anyone that does get boob job might have lots and lots of friends that have had boob jobs I'm just like totally terrified of going under the knife it's such a big surgery from what I've heard it's actually incredibly painful after as well and I just kind of don't feel the need to get my boobs done so no they are real now last question (laughs) this is a juicy one do you have a high sex drive okay wow okay well 
I would actually say yes. So I haven't always had a high sex drive. I did it in my 20s. I'd never wanted to have sex, to be completely honest with you. I feel like I was too depressed and I wasn't eating enough food. So I never had just never had a libido like I wanted to. Since I've hit my late 20s, holy guacamole, my sex drive has gone through the roof. Actually, in my 30s as well. And I was looking into this because it's like, what the hell has happened to me? It's almost like people have their daily coffee. It's like, I could just, I almost need to have sex on the daily. Uh, this is a lot of information I'm sharing with you guys. But, you know, we are friends here. Um, I love it. I love it. It's actually been awesome because I've really been able to enjoy having sex. It'd be a good thing and not do it because I feel like I just need to get it done, right? Actually taking ownership and enjoying sex has been great. I've loved it. So it is really common for women in their 30s and actually in their 40s to have an increase in sex drive where the majority of the time for men, it's in their, I think it's like their late teens. So there's a bit of a mix mismatch there. Now, the other reason I think um, you have an increase in sex drive as you get older is become more confident and comfortable in your own skin. You kind of know what you like. You're happy to take ownership of that. And I think that kind of drives it up as well. But I really love having sex. I think we should all be having sex. Well, only if you want to, of course. But I think that you shouldn't be letting body image or feeling uncomfortable in your body stop you from having a really great sex life. I think sex is one of the the best things about life. Like it's actually phenomenal and really understanding your body, what feels good. And, you know, obviously being in a relationship or with somebody that you feel comfortable with, I think is also very important as well. I will get someone on the podcast to talk about this. Um, I do want to dive deep into it because I have an interesting history personally of my own, mm, say sexuality, but owning my sexuality. I grew up in a very conservative church, Christian home. I still hold to a lot of those values. However, there was a lot of shame around sex and that's something that I've really had to work through. And I know there's a lot of women that feel the same way. And I think it's a really good and it'll be a really helpful conversation to have with someone that's maybe a professional in that field. Okay, that is it. There was actually a lot more questions, but I thought I'm going to keep this a bit short, this podcast episode a bit short today. Let me know if you want me to do more of these where I kind of talk about my personal life a little bit more. You want to get a little nosy. I don't mind you guys getting nosy. You know, I'm an open book. I'm happy to share. I'll have to drag Max onto the podcast as well. Um, and you guys can get to know him too. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode. If you did, please, please, please leave me a rating, leave me a review, make sure you're following and subscribe to the podcast, take a screenshot of it, share it onto your stories. It all helps me so much. All right, until next time, big love, Coach Tash.